0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: family of faith we have an exciting opportunity for you here at the church we're gonna be doing an Easter cantata so what's a cantata all it is is a bunch of us on stage singing and worshiping the Lord on Easter morning so say what's all the details so if you can sing and you'd like to be a part
2: you can go out to the Welcome Center and sign up or you can see either of us or Regina Ingram to get
1: involved and we would love to have you come worship with us yep come join us sign up today Maybe you're new to Only Believe, or you've just been here a while observing, but you're not involved. You know you're a part of a bigger picture, but you don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm Pastor Nicole. I'm asking you to become a member here at Only Believe. Spend a Saturday morning with me, the first Saturday of the month, and let me share with you this wonderful prayer that we pray for your life. I wanna discuss it with you. You know, it's important that we know who God is, And then when we know who he is, our soul and our hearts begin to change. And we find freedom from things that often have been a vice in our life, or chains that the devil meant to hold us bound. And then I'm gonna help you discover your purpose. We're gonna go through a class together and learn what you were designed to do. And then we're gonna do that and make a difference in the kingdom. See, everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ. I want you to find yours. Join me Saturday for next steps. You will definitely see what's next for you.
3: Women become in an atmosphere of security, men become in an atmosphere. Of
4: honor because we cannot reach our full potential without each other you're not pursuing your wife as the treasure she is with
3: your whole heart and you are missing out your wife needs and deserves your whole heart
2: husbands are our treasure too whatever we put our effort to whatever we give our time our resources to that's going to become the treasure in our life.
4: You can experience your freedom. You can experience forgiveness that is not of this world. You're going to
3: experience it in his time for his glory. But in the meantime, don't miss it.
5: All right. Well, good evening, church family. We're so glad that you guys made it out here tonight for church. We also want to say welcome to everybody live streaming today. We're glad that you joined us as well. If you're a first-time guest with us today, it's your very first time being here, we just want to say thank you for joining us. There are first-time guest cards sitting in the back of the pew in front of you. If you would, grab one of those, fill it out. You can drop it in the offering bucket or take it out to the Welcome Center after service. We just want to get to know who you are and and maybe even reach out and give you a call and let you know we appreciate you being here. So thank you for joining us today. I got two announcements for you, and then we'll get into worship. The first one is this. Uh, This coming Sunday, we're continuing our series titled Love Thy neighbor it's February the month of love and what better thing to teach on than loving your neighbor it'll be really good so invite somebody with you to service this coming Sunday we have those really cool little square invite cards it's a super easy way for you to invite a friend or a co-worker to come to church with you on Sunday mornings to do that and then also home groups start the second Sunday of this month so February 14th if you don't have a home group or you don't know what they are or where to go to get there You can find all that information out at the Welcome Center or online at our our church website. You can do that there for those of you that are live streaming. So, again, we're so glad you guys are here for service. At this time, we're going to get into worship. So if you would stand up with me, I'm going to pray us into worship tonight. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father that you love us, that you care for us, Father, that you call us, your sons and your daughters, that you meet every need that we have. Father, we just thank you so much for salvation that Jesus took our place on the cross that through faith in him we can find salvation, we can be restored with you, Father, and we can find freedom from all the things that the enemy has tried to do to us, Father. We thank you that tonight people are gonna find freedom in this house, Father, in the service and in small groups. God, your spirit's gonna be moving to set people free, and we just thank you, God, that you are faithful to show up. If we draw near to you, Father, you will draw near to us. So be pleased with our worship tonight, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.
2: Fantastic. Nothing can
3: Well, good evening, everybody. It's tithing offering time. Praise God. You need a tithing offering envelope? Uh, look in a pew in front of you. If there's not one there, there'll be a gentleman walking down your aisle, and you can uh, ask them for one. They'll give you one. I'd like to uh, just speak just briefly tonight on the body of Christ and what it means and how it affects the tithe and what the tithe means to it. So if you've got your Bible with you, turn to uh, 1 Corinthians. And we're going to go to the 12th chapter. And bear with me, I've got about nine verses to read here. But start start on, on verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. We're all a part of the body, and each one of us are the many. And the body is one. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more these members of the body which seem more feeble are necessary. And those members which, of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon those we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have become a more abundant comeliness. So, you know, there's crazy things going on in the world out there today. And I'm here to tell you, each and every one of you is essential to the body of Christ. We all are. There's no, you're essential, you're non-essential. So we're all essential. And these verses that I just read talk about the skills and the talents and the gifts that have been placed in each one of our lives individually. We're all a part of one body, but the gifts and talents we have individually help the body of Christ move forward. We're all a part of the body. We all have separate functions to operate in. There's also talents and gifts that we see that we all do the exact same thing as opposed to operating in the talent Or the gift that God's given you. Uh, An example of this would be prayer. All of us have to pray. And that's, you know, and, and that strengthens the body. I know, you know, Jane can read a verse in the Bible and I can read the same verse. But there's two different interpretations of what that verse might say. So her and I talking together and having conversation over that, we both gain knowledge And the body of Christ is enhanced. Now, if I read my verse and Jane doesn't, I'm going to straighten that out. Jane reads her verse and I don't read mine. And we have a conversation. The conversation, all I can have with her is what I'm hearing. And then I'm starting to interpret what she's saying as opposed to knowing what's in the Bible. So another example would be when the disciples ask Jesus, hey, why could we not cast that demon out? Well, he says this one comes out but by prayer and fasting. That again is a function that we perform as a body of Christ, but we're all doing the same thing. This is not the separate parts of the body, it brings unison to the body. The tithe is in the same category as that. If you read Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 it says bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house Now I enjoy eating and I like meat so I think the the storehouse that you're bringing into is the church, it's the body and the meat brings the nutrition or the health to the church so as you're paying your tithe you're making the church healthy and I can tell you right now with everything that goes on outside of the the church, out in the world, they're in need of a healthy church. I truly believe the world is going to start to lean an ear to what the church has to say because they can't find joy, peace, comfort, or anything like that with everywhere they're looking but they can see it in our lives if we are performing our part. So I would encourage you tonight, bring your tithe and offering tonight so that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, can be preached to all the nations because a healthy church has the ability to do that. Amen? Let's pray over your tithes and offerings. Father, we come before you tonight in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you for your presence here tonight. We thank you that you've ushered in on the praise and worship. Bless the tithes. Bless the people, Father, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, just let your glory shine through us and let everything we do glorify and magnify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your tithes and offerings. A reminder that uh, small groups, as soon as you're done dropping off your offering, small groups can go ahead and go to their small group meetings.
4: God, we are awake. the devil is afraid, because he's already defeated. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles tonight to 2 Corinthians 10:3. We want to read down. Remember, we're talking about a revolution. We're talking about creating a revolt, leading a rebellion. And that simply means to put an end to things that are contrary to your rights. It means something that ends up being released because of the disgust of what is happening to you and what's going on in your life. It means to grow sick of something. To take over or to take back is like a mutiny change the direction of the ship, to change captains. It means to act out in a violent way or to openly resist an established ruler or control of something that is ruling us. Now, when we started this, we started it very simply. We started it Uh, Looking at number one, we're born again. Jesus was a revolutionist. He came to overthrow the rule of an individual, Satan, Lucifer, the dragon, death itself. Jesus led a revolution. They thought that he would establish a kingdom when he was here on earth. But Jesus' revolution Was against spiritual forces, and he caused those spiritual forces to be overthrown. The prince of this world. He reversed death to free its captives. Hebrews, the second chapter, verse 14 through 15. So Jesus was a revolutionist. He came to fight against fear, he came to lead a revolt against defeat, against unrighteousness against negativity, against division, against death, sickness, and disease. Passivity has fallen into the kingdom of God. In other words, we just accept whatever comes down. Now, you can paint it whatever color you want to paint it. You know, we paint things, well, you know, I'm just getting old. Yeah, well, old is not... Our examples are not found in the world. They are found in the Bible. And Abraham was doing pretty good at the age of 100. And after Sarah died, he married another woman and had five more children. You know, so let's just forget about looking to the world. Let's look to the father of faith. See, we are selling ourselves far short of what God has given to us. But understand that you will never break out of of a patternistic way of life unless you get fed up. And it amazes me that we can see so many things that God has given us, but we really take no acts to achieve their reality in our life. We just surrender. Well, you know, that's just the way it is, brother. Well, some are poor, some are rich. Some are uh, healthy, some are sick. I mean, and the list goes on and on. Not only that, we, we have come to rely on so many things. You know, everything from peppermint to narcotics. I mean, we try to fix ourselves with things that are not even, not even in the ballpark of the touch of God. I don't know what Adam did when, uh, I mean, Abraham did when he was stopped up. He should have took magnesium, but I'm sure that it wasn't discovered yet. See, we make so many, many excuses, and none of those things are wrong. I'm not here to condemn you or to tell you that they're wrong. What I'm telling you is if you don't start breaking things and leading a revolution for your life, you are never going to experience the God life, the abundant life, or any other life. You are going to allow the world to govern you and to give you what it wants you to have. That is not the way of Christianity. That is not the way of Jesus. So in 2 Corinthians, so we're talking about leading or starting an open rebellion against the things that cause us to be limited. The Bible in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and verse 3 tells us that we are waging... war, and it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and that tells us one thing, we are in fleshly bodies, we are in a fleshly world, but we are not to be blinded to what is taking place behind the scenes of both. We need to wake up and realize that there is an adversary that is trying to destroy us and trying to kill and to steal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the provider of those weapons, God, so that we may pull down those strongholds, those places of fortitude, The first one we found out about was Jericho, which was the unrenewed mind. It has to be dealt with. And then it says this, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now that should tell you something, that your thinking is a problem. The way you think is critical in the way that you act and the way that you live. And we sometimes just take for granted that all the thoughts that come to us are normal. If they do not line up with the Bible, if they are resistant to Christ, if they are opponents of our faith, if they reject the possibility of the promise coming to pass, then we understand that they are the enemies of Christ. It is the spirit of Antichrist that is seeking to rule us by enthroning thoughts in our mind. And it says this, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having in the readiness... To revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, what is the basis or the reason of all thoughts? To cause disobedience. And disobedience causes the tyrant, death, devil, Beelzebub, serpent, the great dragon. Whatever name you want to put on him, it enthrones him over the life of a righteous man. And so when you see things not happening, when you see loved ones dying, don't get hacked off at God. People are just so blinded that they make false accusations against a just God. He said everything is good, and if you can't see that you being without a husband, without a spouse, without a child, without a mother or father is not destructive, then you need to go back to sleep and wake up again. Could I get an amen? See, we think these things are normal. They are not normal. But we accept them as being normal. So we understand that We as Christians need to have our thoughts renewed in order to operate in the weaponry of God. That's the first thing you're going to have to do. And you are going to have to put a watch up on the walls of your mind. Amen. I remember a a woman came on to me one time and uh, I uh, immediately I said, well, my wife did that. And uh, the reason I did that, because I know that I'm not good enough looking for anybody to come on to. And so I knew that had to be the devil. The poor woman must have been delusional or dizzy or something. Who in the world would think that I was good looking besides Phyllis? Love is blind, but not to everybody. And Phyllis was just a blind, lost individual that I was lucky to hook. But you have to protect your mind. You know, the Bible says this. Now, you think of this, and it says that if a man finds some unclean thing in his wife, then he can put her away for uh, divorce. But Jesus said that thought, that finding of that unclean thing, when you allow it to fester and to rule your life, causes your heart to harden, causing you not to be subject to the things of God, and then causing you to separate that which God has told man not to do. And so you got to realize just one thought. Somebody say one thought. Destroys families, children, marriages, households, and is the number one cause of poverty in America. A thought. A thought. A thought. So let's go to Matthew 12, 31 through 37. (coughs) Matthew 12, 31 through 37. This tells us a lot about the power of our thinking and what it gives fruit for. Remember, every seed and a thought is a seed. And thoughts can destroy faith, even the thought of what you will wear, what you will eat, and where you're going to stay. Those thoughts will destroy the root of your faith. Those are the enemies of your faith. But, but, but you've got to think of those things. No, you consider that there is need of those things, but you must trust in God in the midst of it all. Now, in Matthew 12, 31, Oh, 12, I guess I better get to 12. There it is. And it says, Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin." and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Now notice that it went from sin to blasphemy and now words. And then it says this, It shall be forgiven him, but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world nor in the world to come. Either, either options. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. Now, what has been the subject that Jesus has brought us up to? Sin, blasphemy, words. Is that what he said? Absolutely. O oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Evil speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That word heart means spirit. It means breath. It means the Holy Ghost, but it also means the mental part of man. And so when it talks about out of the heart, it talks that you and I speak out of the abundance of the mind, whether it's transformed or whether it's not transformed. But you have the ability and the right and the responsibility to make it good or to make it evil. And then it says this, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good Things or good words. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things or evil words. But I say unto you that every idle word, word idle means every useless or everything that is void of faith, everything that is negative will be given an account of. And it says, every idle, negative word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. In other words, what you say, even in the midst of other people, how it affects them, how their faith is affected, how their attitudes are affected, how their joy levels are affected is held to your account. You sow one bad seed, and it affects children, it affects that man's faith, it affects that man's fear, or whatever level, that is at your account, not his. Because you have authored something evil. And then it says this, And they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. That word justified simply means that you'll be free. It means that you shall be, as it were, a man of righteousness. You will be liberated from all penalties by the words that you speak. Philemon says that when you acknowledge the good things of God that have been given to you in Christ, then your life will blossom and show forth the authorship of who is at work in your life. And then it says, and by your words thou shalt be condemned. That word simply means condemned, imprisoned, limited, shackled. Your words do that. Now, you and I need to have our minds renewed because what happens when you don't have a renewed mind, you are going to speak evil. You cannot expect the old man, the old way of thinking, and realize that every thought is like a seed and brings forth a a fruit. What is the fruit of Evil seeds, evil words. What are the fruits of good seed, good words? Amen? Absolutely. Remember, this whole passage of Scripture is about words and making your soul good or evil. And then we go to a course which is very paci- uh common passage of scriptures, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Say, yeah, I know that. I know it. We all know this. The problem is we just don't live it. Yeah, that's do. And there are two parts of this extraordinary unveiling of the new creation. Two parts. It's found in Romans twelve one and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, not only a consecrated life, an active life. And then it says, and be not conformed. That word conformed means to be not after the same Fleshly patterns that the world has given you. You have to break the pattern. You have to break the inflow. You have to break the residue of the old man. You have to clean it up. You have to get rid of it. Amen. And then it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed, changed, made into something new, an example or an expression of someone that has been restored, renovated by God. And then it says, by the renewing of your what? Mind. Listen, you are never going to talk anything that your mind has not been enabled or empowered with. You're not going to do it. If you find yourself negative, then what you have to realize is that is the influence of the old man. You would never find Jesus saying, well, I don't know how we're going to do it, but, you know, I, I don't know. Let, let's see if we can take an offering. Let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can do that. You don't see Jesus saying, well, you guys are on your own. I'm swimming to shore. You never hear Jesus talking negative. Now you hear his disciples trying to get him to accept negativity. He's not going for it. Why? because he's not of this world, and neither are you. you got to realize that when the devil attacks you and brings these thoughts, all he's trying to do is reestablish the kingdom that you've been freed from. Don't let him do it. I have a problem at my house. No, it's not Phyllis. Or I could say I would have many problems. That would involve her, but she's not my problem. She is my lifeline. She's the love of my life. But, you know, I have these starlings. And I don't know how stupid these birds are. I mean, they will just sit there and let you just shoot them and they fall off the wire but they are smart enough year after year to find that same stinking hole and to build a nest when I used to think they'll never come back. They came back with friends. Now there's only one way to deal with them. I have tried glitz, glimmer. I have tried sound. I've tried prayer. You say, well, well did, did you pray in faith? No. And if I'll give you a chance for $10 for every sparrow or starling, you drive off by prayer. And I'll give you $2 for every one you shoot off the plates. But they come back and they find these same cracks. Well, let me tell you something. I've already got a contractor come this spring there ain't going to be no cracks, or he ain't going to get paid. And he's going to decrack my house. Now, don't get me wrong, there's not enough starlings in there. If they all start flapping their wings, it's going to lift the roof. But one is too many. They're like inlogs, I'm telling you, they just vex you, vex you, vex you. They come in, they fly in, they look so beautiful. Oh, the birds are hovering. And then when they leave, they leave piles of all kinds of stuff they've picked up through the last two miles of their life. Bird droppings. And I just hate to see Phyllis have to clean that. Because it's not going to bother me to put a clean shirt on and sit down in it. Then I'll change the clean shirt. Now, we cannot be or accept thoughts. He that is spiritual wises up enough to judge everything. And he that isn't spiritual just lives the life of a man without knowledge. Let's not live like that. Amen? Now, so I'm talking about you have to renew your mind in order to change your words. Your words tell me how transformed your mind is or how conformed to this world it is. Amen? Amen? Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we want to make sure we don't get conformed to this world and realize every day it's trying to take back what has been stolen from it. Now, let's go to Ephesians 4:20. Ephesians 4:20. So the last, the next revolution that we need <coughs> to lead ourselves into is a revolution against negativity. A revolution into negativity we need to overthrow negativity. Negativity expresses itself in this way, in murmuring, complaining, criticizing, questions, statements that are presumptuous, that are not faith-based. But these are the things that this... negativity is an override of the old man. Remember, Peter was betrayed by the speech that he spoke. And he changed it and went right back to the world when he started cussing. All right, Ephesians 4 and verse 20. And it says, wait, wait, where are you, the kid over there? All right, verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation or the former manners of life, the patterns of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word spirit simply means the whole attitude and the breath of what your mind feeds off of. Get it renewed. Put something new in there. And that you put off, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then it goes down in verse 29. We might as well read it. We all know that it's there. Let no corrupt. What is corrupt? Negativity you know that it was one of the ten sins that kept the nation of Israel in the wilderness and God would not take them over? Murmuring and complaining being the top. And when you murmur and complain, it's negative. And when it's negative, it allows the old man to rule and the new man to be oppressed. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your what? Mouth. The communication are words. And that which is good to the use of edifying. Edifying. Do you feel better when you've been around people or worse when you've been around them? Well, I feel great when I come to church. I just think, my, oh, word, I got to lick my wounds when I leave. Well, you know, I would say this. If you didn't have nothing to dig out, you wouldn't be wounded. It'd be nice if we just come to church already prepared to serve the Lord, already sanctified, already perfected holiness, already discovered who we were in Christ. But you know in the spiritual realm, when the church comes together, for every person, there is an ambulance out there, and they've been carried in here, and they're surviving by the skin of their teeth. And they got to get rid of stuff, they got to get over stuff. So in one service, you've got to dig out stuff, you've got to bind up stuff, you gotta encourage stuff, you gotta build up faith, you gotta tear down doubt. You gotta do all that in one service. And sometimes, folks, it'd just be nice if we just come together and really worship God. I'm telling you, I, I don't know if this building could hold what God would do in it when His presence came if we came ready to invite Him in. Then it says this, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace." unto the hearers and grieve not negativity is always an oppressing grieving pushing down and away of the Holy Ghost that he cannot work the Holy Spirit of God where are, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption now let all bitterness these are words these are expressed in words let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, not good speaking, not just I had to get it off my chest, it's evil. Evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And lo and behold, do something that the world cannot comprehend, that it's even foreign to you. Be kind one to another. tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. Now, You know, sometimes it would be good if we would all just shut our mouth until we were healed from what caused bitterness to come. That we were healed of all of the wrong that we had suffered, that we wanted to get vengeful for, that we were mad about, that we were clamoring, that which opened up the evil things in our life to spew it out upon other people and to put away from you with all malice. It'd be nice if you're hurt, if you're wounded. One of the best things to do is just get with somebody and talk, but don't spew evil. Get with somebody that can tell you something good to say. Jesus is a healer of the brokenhearted. Jesus is praying for you today. He ever lives to make intercession for you. God sees where you're at and you're not alone. But we cannot continually, constantly be throwing these things out. We have got to lead a revolution against this evil that we call common. It is not becoming for the body of Christ to talk like the world. Could have given an amen. In fact, when you give yourself to negativity, the Bible says that when you listen to ungodly, unholy communication or conversation, it leads to more ungodliness why because those thoughts are seeds that you are receiving and words will produce after their own kind if they're evil they will try to produce evil yes hallelujah that is the truth okay let's wrap this up go to a Proverbs eighteen twenty one. we're going to wrap up with this. Remember, negativity. Somebody say negativity. I don't care about what. Well, you know, that stupid dog you got us, what is that? That's negativity. The Bible says a righteous man don't uh, beat his animals, verbally or with the stick. Look, we need to speak good. If you're going to say something to your dog, say, Hey, there's a great place to live down the street. (laughs) Say something positive. Oh, I'm sorry, Proverbs. Yeah, there it is, 1821. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, or we could say good and evil blessing and cursing. We could say sickness and health, prosperity and poverty are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your words produce good and evil, life and death. Now we say that all the time, but see we have used it that we present it to the world. We tell our unsaved kids, oh, don't say that, honey. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're evil in their heart. They got to get saved. Then you get to instruct them in the ways of righteousness. Don't give them the steps of righteousness and just because they perform them that they're going to get a blessing. God watches over his word to perform it but the, right, the unrighteous have no right and nor can they speak life, no matter who is trying to get them to repeat it. Why? There is no life in them. But we try to get our kids oh, don't say that, honey, don't say that. Let them say what they want until they say Jesus is Lord. See, that's the law. Trying to get them to live by a law that they are not even obligated nor connected to. You know, we tell people this. Well, well you know, you, you keep going out on your wife, you're going to go to hell. No, they aren't going to hell for going out with their wife. That's what sinners do. It's Christians that don't go out on their wives. Amen? But sinners, it doesn't matter if they go out with a thousand women. They aren't going to hell for going out on their wives. They're going to hell because they have rejected Jesus Christ as being the only begotten son of God and have not surrendered their life to him. That's what they're going to hell for. If you start giving them all these legalistic things to make you happy and to make them acceptable to your family or your son or your daughter you just put them under the law. They can't live under the law no, matter, no more than you could have lived under the law. So, we talked about we got to lead a rebellion against our thoughts. Let's straighten up our thinking. Amen? And then as we start getting our minds renewed, transformed, we change the reservoir of evil to good. And then we use the weapons of our warfare, which are certainly connected to the words of our mouth. We pull down those thoughts and we say what God said about us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had a girl tell me one time that I was ugly. I contemplated that for years. Then I realized she must have been a mental ward escapee, that there was something. Really wrong with her thinking or her perception of looking good. Because Phyllis tells me all the time, Oh, honey, you're handsome. Now, either Phyllis is crazy or the other woman was crazy. I deem to believe my wife. Amen. So let you and I start judging our thoughts. Judging our thoughts. Looking to God is our answer. Let's get our minds renewed, and that is the first Jericho that must be overthrown. And the overthrow of that Jericho will provide for us good seed, good fruit, good words, freedom, liberation, innocence, justification. But if we don't allow it to get transformed, then you know what? We're always going to be bound by strongholds and we are going to be limited, condemned, incarcerated, and shackled away from the life of God. I don't want that. And you don't either. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. So let you and I lead a revolution. Now, you don't need a gun, but you do need words. You do need the Word of God. Put what's right in your thinking. Amen? Put what's right in your thinking. And when you put what's right in your thinking, you'll put what's right in your mouth. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we are revolutionists. We are not passive, weak, do-nothing, set by acceptance of Satan's strongholds and rule in our life. We won't allow it to rule in our lives, our homes, our children, our spouses. God, we are revolutionists. And we are leading a revolution... God, against sin, unrighteousness, doubt, fear, faithlessness, need, sickness, and disease, because we are Christians. We are not of this world. We are the soldiers of the cross. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we loose blessing upon every individual here. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. See you Sunday morning.
1: Hey, live streamers. We're so glad that you could join us today. Be sure to check out all of our social media platforms, and we can't wait to see you next time.